Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. Here's more about our sponsors. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine, including reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, all designed to help you improve from tee to green. Good morning. Welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Symmetra, LPGA, and Legends Tour, and so many others, helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the season finale of the Women of Golf here in 2021. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside, uh, I'm going to welcome her back, is my good friend and partner in crime, LPGA professional Cindy Miller. Good morning, Cindy, and welcome. Good morning, Ted. Thank you. It's nice to be back. Did you miss me? I sure did. I'll tell you. You know I can talk, Cindy, but it makes it tough having to do it all by myself, so I'm glad you're back. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on, But because um, we've got a lot, uh, a lot happening this show. We've got uh, two great ladies that are going to be joining us this morning. Uh, first up is going to be one of the uh, latest grads uh, from the Q Series in the LPGA, and her name is Allison Corpas. Uh, she's a native of Honolulu, Honolulu, Hawaii. Excuse me. Uh, she played actually four LPGA Tour events uh, since uh, 2016. Most recently, the 2020 U.S. Women's Open. Uh, she was also a member of the winning 2021 Curtis Cup team, uh, which uh, she went undefeated with a 3-0-0, uh, but did not play any of the two foursome sessions. Uh, she also played collegiate golf at USC and was a two-time All-American, won three times in her career as a Trojan. In uh, 2008, she surpassed her fellow Hawaii native, Michelle Wee West, as the youngest qualifier in U.S. women's amateur public links history. Um, so, Cindy, let's welcome our very first special guest uh, this morning is uh, new to the LPJ Tour, um, Allison Corpus. Good morning. Morning, Cindy. Morning, Ted. I've got to ask you a question. Where, Which island did you grow up on? I grew up on Oahu. Um, I practiced at a bunch of different places, but uh, grew up practicing out at Pearl Country Club and Navy Marine mostly. And then my parents just moved back to our childhood home. We moved downtown for high school, but we're living on Kapolei Golf Course now, so I get out there and practice a bunch as well. That's awesome, awesome. Do you know Mary B. Porter King? I do. You can't be from Hawaii and not know her. <laughs> <laughs> that would be true. She is, uh, I played on the LPGA Tour with her. She's awesome. And she and Joseph and her hubby have stayed at our house a bunch of times. And it's just very, very cool. And I've caddied at um, for the Hawaiian Open for my husband. And we won, uh, what's Kui Lima now called? What? We won the national championship against Tulsa on the other oh, wow. side of the island. 
and I can't um, remember what it. I think they changed the name. I'm not sure either. <laughs> anyway, so I have great memories of Hawaii, but I must tell you, I, I shouldn't say this on the air, but um, the NCAA got a little ticked off at us because we got hammered the night we won, and they had this big <laughs> meeting. And they wanted to take the trophy away from us. But the problem was every other golf team was hammered, too. So they couldn't give it to anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you could drink when you were 18. Oh, oh. God. So anyway, enough about me. Um, how stressful, I mean, I can't imagine eight rounds and all year. And don't you just feel like you've had a gun pointed at your head? Yeah, I think the last couple of days being in a good position to get my card were a little more relaxing, but it is definitely a lot of stress to know, you know, eight more rounds, eight more good rounds, and then I'll have my card for next year. But I think you really just try your best, take it a shot at a time, and wherever you finish is is where you finish. Good girl. Good girl. Ted, you can talk now. Okay, thank you. I'm still thinking about I'm still thinking about them yanking that trophy from you. Uh, I think you had a probably pretty good. De- I think you had a death grip on that at the time. Um, probably. So, so. Allison, let me, yeah. Let, so let me ask you just to sort of lay it out for some of the listeners that maybe aren't familiar with Q series. Of course, that's to qualify to get your uh, card out on the LPJ tour. Uh, and they actually had uh, eight rounds. Uh, four of them were played. Uh, at the first course in Alabama in Mobile, which was at Magnolia Grove, and then they moved it uh, for the last four in uh, Dothan, Alabama, which was at the Highland Oaks. Um, so describe a little bit about, and by the way, just for the listeners, you, you uh, finished uh, T16, so tied for 16th. Uh, your overall score was 11 under par, which was phenomenal. And um, But let me ask you, um, let's go with Magnolia first and then obviously at the Highlands. Tell us a little bit about how you were playing there first in Mobile and then coming into, as we talked about off-air, uh, there was some weather challenges uh, when you guys arrived at Dothan. But tell us about Magnolia. How did you find the course? Was it set up um, extra tough, which I'm sure it probably was? And how did it compare to the Highlands when you got there in the second week? Yeah, of course. So that first week, there's actually two courses out at Magnolia Grove. So there's the crossings and there's the falls course. Um, And I think I shot even the first round, three under the second round, uh, one over the third round, and then seven under that Sunday. So um, I I thought both courses were really tough. Um, They're they're both pretty wide off the tee, but then the greens can get pretty tricky. And they played – on the longer side, especially because it was a little colder that first week. Um, Mm. But overall, the setup was fair, and there were definitely, you know, birdie opportunities. It really was just not about not making bogeys um, and trying to minimize your mistakes. Um, And then week two was pretty similar to week one um, as far as distance goes, and the greens were just crazy. I, I mean, it, you don't see greens like this that often. They're super undulated and pretty tough pin positions. And I remember just kind of playing my practice rounds and thinking, like, it's going to be a tough week. And the scores ended up being a lot lower than I thought they would be on such a tough golf course. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. 
Well, what was interesting, yeah, I concur. I've played the uh, um, the club in the Robert Trent Jones Club in Dothan many, many times, and I can concur with the undulation and the greens, especially uh, number nine on, um, I believe it's Marshwood, which was the sort of the, the closing hole uh, on Sunday, um, and they actually put the pin placement in a bowl on the right-hand side of the green, uh, which actually, believe it or not, made it a little bit easier because you could hit it off the off the back a little bit uh, of that bowl and it would feed down to the hole. But um, earlier in the week, they had it placed on top of the upper shelf and uh, they had it very close, actually, as you may recall. And if you didn't quite make it up there, you'd get you'd feed down into that bowl and literally you could run into there was a hazard at the bottom. Um, How did you find uh, the overall length? I mean, I don't are you a long hitter or a pretty long hitter? And Tell us a little bit about the the course itself. How did you find it played for you? Yeah, I would say I'm probably a little longer than average, but not super long in terms of distance off the tee. Um, There were a couple just really long holes, and I think it it really depended on, like, the weather that we got. So uh, that Thursday and Friday was pretty warm, so a lot of shorter shots into the greens. And then once the wind picked up, it, it became a lot longer and a lot tougher. Um, but for for an example, like the first hole, I think during the practice round it was cold. I was hitting like six and five iron into the green. And then one day I had a pitching wedge in like a nine iron in just because the wind changed and the weather got hotter. So the course setup did change like uh, day by day, but overall I, I definitely felt like it was it was on the longer side yeah and and i think um and, and maybe you would agree with this that earlier in the week obviously because as i as i mentioned to you off air there was uh some rain that had come through for a few days uh some fog obviously you had a fog delay there for a little bit uh do you think that helped uh with all the rain that they had gotten to soften it up a little bit helped it uh people be a little bit more aggressive with some of those difficult greens because it would literally just stick or um, and I noticed uh, for a few of the rounds, I don't know if it was the whole thing, but uh, that they had lift clean in place uh, throughout the event. Uh, obviously, there was a lot of rain. Did you think that that helped you um, a little bit early on, being a little bit softer um, with the rain? Yeah, for sure. Um, I do think that the LPGA took that into consideration when they were setting up the course. So when you play the practice rounds, there's just a white line indicating, like, the furthest back of put the tees and Generally, that's just where you practice from. And then they did move a couple of tees up, I think, to make it a little more playable and a little more gettable. Um, and then lift clean in place, we played all through the second week, which really helped. It was right. once, if you're in the fairway, you can get up to a club length and clean your golf ball. And I think that was a really smart decision because there were some areas that were just really muddy. And I definitely had a couple mud balls, which I was happy to have been able to clean. <laughs> Right. Yeah, you want to get any advantage that you can for sure. Um, just one more question then, Cindy, I'll, I'll give it back to you. What part of your game do you think really held together for this series? I mean, obviously you're a well-rounded player. You're, you're a great player all the way around. But um, I think there's always a part of your game that you can really count on when the times get tough. What was that part of the game for you? I definitely felt like all three courses required really solid ball striking. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you can always hit better shots, but I did feel like I was very happy overall with the quality of the shots that I hit um, throughout all eight days. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I watched, as I said, uh, watched you, you ladies uh, when you came to Dothan um, for, for the whole week, and it was just amazing to watch um, the, the level and skill level. Um, Cindy, go ahead. What are you going to do for the next month? Yes, I'm definitely planning on taking the next couple of days off. Um, and then I, I didn't look at the LPGA schedule prior to key series because I didn't want to get too ahead of myself. But I'll start planning for next year and figure out the travel plans and stuff. Um, and, yeah, just keep keep working on my game and keep staying ready for, for what's to come. Where are you right now? Are you back in Hawaii? I'm in Los Angeles right now, and I will be going to Hawaii for Christmas. Awesome, awesome. Don't you just feel like you want to take a deep breath? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, it is It is nice to be done with, with key series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what the other thing is? It's not like you just – you mentioned that you need eight great rounds but or eight good rounds, but – I think you should sit back and pat yourself on the back and say, you know what? I'm a player, and I can compete with the best in the world, and I just proved it. And as long as you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to get what you want. Don't you think? Thank you. Yeah, for sure. And that's the mindset you need to have because, you know, you're going up against the best in the world, but you just proved that you belong, which is awesome. So now the next question is what do you do for fun? Um, lately I have been reading a lot. Uh, the LA public library has a great system where you can just get a bunch of books online. And I, I was working on the Lord of the Rings trilogy through, through Q school. So I'm hoping to finish that up over break. (laughs) Wow. That's some, that's actually some serious reading. That's, uh, yeah, uh, that's pretty incredible. Let me ask you this. Did you graduate from USC? I did. Um, I I did five years. So with COVID, the NCAA gave us the option to stay for an extra year. And Q school was actually canceled last year. So I ended up going back for my fifth year. What's your major? Uh, I got a master's in global supply chain management. Well, there you go. <laughs> You want to work over Christmas? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome! Wow. Thank you. You could yeah, go we out could right use... over over the the water where you are and tell them what to do. <laughs> Ted, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, we could use some help. That's for sure in that area. Um, so as you uh, take a break. Uh, for the next little while and obviously you enjoy the holidays with family and friends and things like that and obviously I know you said you haven't really taken a serious look at the uh, the schedule for next year uh, what do you think you're going to do as a general rule I mean there's two ways to go are you going to be very selective in what you're going to uh, play are you going to kind of spread it out uh, or are you just going to go for everything and anything um, what is your, have you put a game plan together or, or even thought about what you want to do for next season? Yeah. Um, I, I believe that I probably won't get into limited field events, like the smaller fields. Um, but I should sure. get into most of the regular events. So 
I think it's really just play what I can get into. And then if, if I start, you know, having an off week, maybe take the next week off and kind of regroup and then get, just get back at it. Because I think the main thing is just to make, make a bunch of cuts to, to retain my card. So mm-hmm. that's the strategy for next year. Um, and as well as trying to improve my status in, in the reshuffle. I, I think that's a great plan. Let me ask you, you know, we, we all have our ups and downs when we play good rounds, bad rounds, good holes, bad holes, that sort of thing. What do you do? What do you say to yourself? What's the conversation in your head when the chips are down at that particular moment? What do you say to keep yourself um, and put yourself back on track? What do you do to pick yourself up and, and put you back on the right path? Uh, I, I really just focus on making par. Um, my coach always tells me, you know, like birdie opportunities will come if you're just putting yourself in the right spot. So really just taking it one shot at a time, like fairway, green, you know, a good stroke on the putt. Um, and if you make birdie, great. But if not, par is just always a good score. So just really trying to minimize the mistakes out there. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good plan too. Um as I mentioned uh, in the opening uh, bio that you were a member of the winning uh, Curtis Cup team, tell us a little bit about that experience. And then also tell us what you learned playing as a Trojan. What, what experience are you bringing from that experience to your game now? Yeah, of course. Well, the Curtis Cup was probably my favorite amateur event that, that I've played. Um, it was my first time overseas. It was in Wales this year. So I got to travel there and I, I knew most of the team from just from playing junior golf and from playing college golf. And it was just so awesome to spend that week with them and, and get the win for the US. Um, as far as playing with the Trojans, it's really given me a place just to improve and learn like what needs to get better. Um, I definitely remember coming in as a freshman and just looking at all the seniors on the team and seeing how good their games were. And it, it just gave me five years to get better um, and just keep practicing with other great players and seeing how they play shots and taking what I like and working on my strengths and my weaknesses. What were what did you notice at that time? Uh, obviously things have changed. You know, we're, we're five years back now, but what were some of the earlier struggles that you had with your game? What areas of the game gave you the most difficulty early on that you obviously have brought together now? And what was sort of the best part of your game during that process? I, I think that I've always been a pretty solid ball striker. Um, there was just a lot of short game areas that I needed to work on. So there were just shots that I didn't have five years ago. Like I, I really struggled with high, soft, like, flop shots, pitch shots that I've done a lot of work on in the last five years. And putting, you can always get better. Um, just did a lot of speed control work and, you know, really worked worked on my putting. Um, and even for ball striking, it just, you know, got a little better through college, just a lot more consistent um, as far as ball flight, um, really looking at my equipment and having the chance to, you know, get, get properly fitted and right. get, get, get what works for me. So just overall, um, learned a lot about my, my game and how to manage courses better. 
What does the LPGA organization mean to you? What does it mean when you think and you see yourself out there amongst so many other great players, um, some younger, some older? Um, what overall, what is your feeling as a now, especially a, a newly LPGA Tour member? What does that feeling for you mean? Well, Hawaii hosts um, an LPGA event, and it has since I was really young. So I remember being like six, seven years old out at Turtle Bay um, watching them compete at the Fields Open. And then when it moved to Coalina, that's that's right by where I grew up. So it it, it really does just feel like a childhood dream come true. And I'm, I'm so excited to get out there and just promote the game for – juniors get out there and play with the big girls now I'm, I'm just so excited to be out there next year what would you just last question for me and then uh cindy if you have anything to to follow up um what would you say to a young girl who you come in contact with that maybe doesn't play golf what would you say to her to encourage her to maybe give it a try what would be the conversation you would have with her yeah, I mean, it's it's a really great way to make friends. I I've met so many great people through the game and it it also is a great way to I guess look at yourself and find out a lot more about yourself. You'll find out a lot obviously about your temper and how mm-hmm. your work ethic. It'll it'll just teach you so many life lessons and you'll meet such great people if if you pick up the game. I couldn't agree more. Cindy, go ahead. I just want to say congratulations, and and you know it's funny that I think most most young girls that end up playing the tour probably have the same exact experience that you had, that I had, that look up to somebody and say, "Wow, I would love to do that," and then they don't realize it's going to take ten to twenty years to achieve it. But <laughs> God bless you for you know keeping going and not giving up. Um, and again, it's just, isn't it awesome? You've just got to be so thrilled. Congratulations. Yep. Thank you, Cindy. Yeah, for sure. Have some fun. Yeah. Congratulations. Much continued success. Good luck next season. Have a great holiday. And thank you once again for joining Cindy and I this morning here on the women of golf. We really appreciate it. Have a great uh, holiday season. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. You as well. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, Allison Corpas, uh, newest member to the LPJ Tour. Um, Cindy, really, I, I just want to talk a minute. I, uh, we've got a couple of minutes before Karen, our, our next guest, of course. We've had her on a number of times over the years, Karen Palacios-Jansen, uh, founder of Cardio Golf, and she's a master LPJ teaching professional, um, and uh, she'll be joining us here in just a moment. Um you know, Cindy, I know you've you've played in a number of events. I was really, really impressed. I mean, I've obviously watched a lot on TV, but TV doesn't do it justice because you're you know they're cutting and and editing, uh, you know, for you to see what you what you're going to see. Um, but you get to see every aspect. And I went up um, pretty much every day um, of the of the uh, the Q series uh, on the on the last week and watched them up on the range, watched them on the putting green, you know, the practice putting greens. Um, and it just amazes me the dedication that these young ladies have in their games and the consistency. I mean, it just blew me away. You don't really appreciate it when you watch it on television uh, until you're right there, you know, behind the ropes, as it were. Um, what do you think, and I just want to get your thoughts, um, 
about that because you just mentioned, you know, it takes a long time of, of a lot of hard work and that. What do you think that says about women's golf today when you see so many young players like Allison and others just coming up and just really coming in with a lot of passion and a lot of drive and, and just really um, grateful to be where they are? I think the lure of performing, competing, becoming an expert at your craft, self-employed, being an entrepreneur, all those characteristics are what, again, lures them to want to work on this. And I believe that they're all so... If there's one thing I can wrap up uh, the year with, with all of our guests from the Symmetra Tour, it's confidence, it's accountability, mm-hmm. it's resourcefulness, it's consistency, patience, belief, and trust. I, I, I'm just, and there's so many of them. It's not just that it's one or two, 500 players. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that's what the game teaches. I got to say, you know, I, I've, and I've mentioned this before. I really enjoy watching the women play. Um, I, I just think that they're they're so. You know, I, I don't want to criticize the men's tour, but I think the men's tour. And I'll be well. Actually, you know what? I'm going to criticize it anyways. Um, I just find it to be very boring. Um, it's gotten to, their game has gotten to a point where it's just basically a driver and a wedge and a putter. Um, you know, they're hitting it so long now, and you know, it's it's nice to see in some respects that you know everybody wants to belt it a mile, but it, it's almost like there's not a lot of thought going into it anymore. Whereas when you watch the women, of course, they hit a, a plenty far as well, but you know, they're utilizing more clubs in their bag. They're thinking about the different shots that they want to make. And, you know, I really watch them, you know, in their practice and so forth. And I just, I'll be honest, I just found, uh, and and also I got a kudos to the staff of the LPGA uh, at this event. Um, You know, it was just, despite some, you know, nasty weather along the way, it was just a well-oiled machine. I mean, they just come in there, they just set everything up, they had everything gone, they adjusted, adapted to whatever conditions may come their way. And it just was a great event. And, um, you know, I know it's part of the, uh, you know, the, the Q series. It's not a typical, you know, what we would classify as a tournament. It's, it's, it has a different purpose. But they just do such a great, great job. And I'll be honest, I think the men could learn something from the LPGA organization. Just my thoughts. What do you think? I just think that the men play a different game. I'm not going to criticize the PGA Tour or the men. I'm I'm going to say though that the the LPGA tour plays um it's not just slam it. It's finesse it around the course. Right. And again, you know, it, it's just you can't compare the two. And the women were not as strong. I mean, some of them are really strong. Right. Oh yeah. And they all mm-hmm. hit it so far, and they're so little, but they work so hard. I mean, when I played, we never thought about well, we might have worked out a little bit, but nothing like now. The the nutrition and the fitness and and the clubs and the balls. I mean, 
you can't compare the two, but you you got to say kudos to these kids that are out there trying to play because they yep. are really, there are so many of them that are so good. And if you look at that list of the Q series, there's an awful lot of players that had their LPGA tour cards that were back right. there at the Q series trying to keep their card to play again. Right. So you don't just get there one and done. You can get there, you can lose it, you can go back. So God bless all of them. Yeah, it, it, you're exactly right. And um, it, it was just, it was fun to watch. I just really enjoyed it. I had a great time. And, you know, like I said, the, the weather sometimes didn't cooperate, but uh, they, they all powered through it. And, um, and uh, you know, I was there when they had the, uh, the sort of the closing ceremony, if you will, and they all had their um, um, signs, if you will, announcing that they uh, had their card for 2022. And you could just see the excitement and at the same time, the relief that it was over <laughs> so they could, uh, you know, uh, go home and relax and rest because I'm sure it was a grueling couple of weeks. But um, just uh, was interesting to hear your thoughts on that. All right. Uh, we're happy to uh, power on and, and bring on our next guest. Um, she's been on, as I said, a number of times over the years, uh, Karen Palacios Jansen. Uh, she is a master LPGA professional and founder of Cardio Golf. Cindy, let's uh, welcome our second guest on the season finale, uh, Karen Palacios-Jansen. Good morning. Hey, how are you guys? Nice to talk to you again, Cindy. It's been great. I've got to see you like three or four times in the past couple months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Believe it or not, right? That's right. Right. Fantastic. Where are you um, right now? Are you down in, um, are you home? Yes, I'm um, located just outside of Charlotte, um, Lake Norman, a little town called Mooresville in North Carolina. Awesome sauce. What do you plan to do for the holidays? Well, I'm actually, um, I, I'm going to visit my parents, and then we're going to have holidays here. Um, I have stepdaughters, they come, and now they have boyfriends, so we're going to have a bigger dinner than we usually Whoa. do because our boyfriends come over. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And has their dad <laughs> approved of the boyfriends? <laughs> yes, he has approved. Yes. They're in their late 20s, yeah. so they're big girls now. <laughs> okay, okay. We can't judge. Okay. <laughs> right? Dad, go ahead. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that, that would make for a very interesting uh, holiday season <laughs> if they weren't approved uh, or pre-approved, well, let's say. Um What's yeah, great, that, that makes great. It. Yeah, what's Go great ahead. for me is uh, both the boys are golfers. One of them played golf at uh, in college, and the other one's a big avid golfer. So I'm looking forward to having a really um, a good foursome with those guys. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be that would be fun for sure. Great way to spend the holidays. So Karen, give us an update on cardio golf. Uh, I know that you. Uh, have done a lot, a lot of work over the years. We've talked about that. Give us an update. What's what's happening now? What's new uh, that you're working on, if anything? And what can our listeners take away uh, from utilizing some of the great uh, training and videos that uh, you have available? Yeah, sure. Thanks, you guys, for letting me come on and talk about Cardio Golf. So Cardio Golf is a class that I teach in person. Um, I teach at several gyms and country clubs around my area. It's, a, it's an hour class and kind of think about a golf meeting, uh, maybe like Zumba or aerobics. We do a warm-up. It's all golf-specific. Um, we do a golf-specific strength, endurance, and then we do swing drills, and I sort of choreograph it into an hour class 
but Cardio Golf is also online. I have a Cardio Golf online studio. It's at CardioGolf.com where all my workouts are recorded so you can do the workouts at home. And I have a, a couple of pieces of equipment that you guys probably know about, my shorty club. It's short mm-hmm. so that you can swing inside. You're not going to hit the ceilings or the walls. And the other thing that's great about the shorty club, um, and then Cindy knows that, you know, a lot of the times our practice swings are, are better than our real swings. So if people would rehearse their moves that they, the pros want them to do, then, you know, if they did it enough times away from the course, not hitting a ball, those moves would get incorporated into the swing. When people hit balls, and, of course, that's great practice, but a lot of the times they're so worried about the outcome that the, their body does anything they can to hit the ball. So then they're not really making a change. They're just really grooving, um, you know, that same swing. So the shorty club is great practice to do at home a few minutes every day. Also, my cardio golf slope, it's a regular fitness platform. We do a lot of, uh, you know, for the lack of a better way to explain it, uh, like aerobics where we do step ups and, and lunges and things like that. But it's sloped like a fairway, so you can rehearse those uphill, downhill, sidehill lies, the ones that you get on the golf course, but there's nowhere ever to practice them. So I incorporate those two things into my my class and into my workout, so you can work out at home as if you were sort of on a golf course. And um, I incorporate a lot of visualization. We do a lot of um, pre-round warm-up. That's probably the staple in my class, making sure people are warmed up before they're ready, ready to, uh, you know, hit balls. We do a lot of strength. We do some endurance. That's why I call it cardio because you can get your heart rate pumping. And then um, what's new is I've uh, partnered with Golf Gym. It's a company that has resistance bands, and some of the resistance bands have golf grips on them so you can um, get some resistance as you practice your swing and the resistance bands are great to build strength and flexibility so that's pretty much what I've been working on the last couple of years during the pandemic I have everything online and I have a little store with all my cardio golf products fantastic so let me ask you because uh, you know we obviously understand Sydney and I've you know we've followed you for a long time and and know what you do and that um and you very eloquently just talked about some of the benefits and that. But, you know, a lot of people just go typically to the gym, and there's nothing wrong with that, but they don't really focus on some of the, the, the key exercises that are going to benefit their golf game and that. And obviously what you've put together with the slope and with the shorty club and that, some different drills and tips and things like that, that's going to help them focus and practice. Typically, what do you recommend? Obviously, you have um, you provide uh, online studio weekly workout plans. You've got all kinds of different things that they can do. But if you were going to just sort of boil it down, how long do you think people should practice some of the things that you're doing on a, it should be a daily basis, should be you know a couple times a week um, to get the best maximum benefit? Right. That's, that's a great question. And it probably depends on the person. But, um, you know, as I tell my students, it's better to do something five, ten minutes every day than to wait until you have one or two hours at the end of the week. Because if you just do it five or ten minutes, usually that five or ten minutes leads into a little bit more like 15, 20 minutes. So consistency is more important than the one workout that's like, you know, huge once a week. Your, your body mm-hmm. needs to, to build on something. So I would say, first of all, um, anybody that wants to start a golf fitness program should First, consult a doctor to make sure that that's okay with them. Um, secondly, do a golf fitness screen. 
or any kind of fitness screen just to find out what their strengths and weaknesses are. A lot of the times, um, you know, it just depends on, on the person. They might be super flexible, so they love flexibility exercises. So that's great. They'll do the flexibility exercises, but they probably lack some strength and stability, so they should actually be doing different exercises than flexibility. And then, of course, you know, the guys that love to do bench press, they're super strong. Um, but they're not flexible, so they like to do the, the strength workouts, but, you know, the, the flexibility they don't do. So you have to balance your workouts to make sure that you're going to balance your muscles out. We have a lot of imbalances, and those balances can lead to swing compensations. So, uh, first of all, a, a screen would really help. And then the other thing is, um, you know, there's some recommendations. Uh, I'm a, a National Academy of Sports Medicine um, certified personal trainers. So they have some recommendations. In order for strength training to be effective, you need to strength train at least two to three times a week. You need to do about 150 minutes of some cardiovascular endurance, getting your heart rate between 60 and 80% of your max heart rate. Um, so, you, you know, to be in shape, it does take some time. But, uh, you know, the benefits outweigh the, the time that's it's taken. I was just actually listening to something today on the news that was like astounding. They were saying that kids nowadays um, spend four to seven minutes outside and they spend 7.5 hours inside online. Mm. Um, so oh. I was just thinking, that's just crazy. Um, and I guess in England, this even uh, takes it a step further, they're saying that kids in England spend the same amount of out- time outside that prisoners do. Um, so, you know, there's oh a lot, God. I know, isn't that crazy? So, you know, everyone's like, it takes time, but it's better time spent outside or doing working out than spending in time, in time, you know, inside. So people say, I don't have time. I'm like, you probably do have time, but, um, yep. you know, you're doing something else with that time. Well, I can honestly say from hearing those stats that they didn't grow up in my household because it was the you flip those numbers and that would be mine. My parents made me outside seven and a half hours a day, and I was lucky if I got two or three minutes inside. So they they, they encouraged <laughs> us to be outside and play. So right, Cindy and I the same way. We probably spent you know hours and hours on the golf course, never inside. But this generation is different, and you know people just don't have a lot of time. I mean, there's been a lot of stuff going on, but, um, you know, I really encourage people to shift to really see where they're putting their time. And I promise you, if you, you spent a little bit more time doing some fitness, that would benefit your golf, not just your golf, but also your whole lifestyle. I couldn't agree more. I want to ask you another question just to sort of follow up. So obviously, you know, we, we have to take care of the physical part of our body. There's all types of things that, that you have uh, in your programs that will help us. But it's also you recognize because you, you talk about it on your, your website as well, and that is what goes on inside the body with nutrition and hydration. That's equally as important, if not more in some cases, um, than just doing some sort of a good workout or, or fitness program. Talk about nutrition and where a lot of golfers kind of miss the boat here. Right. So I'm not a nutrition expert at all. I work with a lot of people, so I refer all my golfers to to my experts. But basically... Uh, you know, nutrition is everything, and I'm sure if golfers knew that there were certain kinds of foods to eat that would help them play better, I'm sure they probably would. But the most important thing about nutrition that I've learned is you need to maintain your energy. So, uh, you know, just like 
uh, a car trip, you fill up before the car trip. You don't, you know, wait until you run out of gas to fill up. And so breakfast is really important. The the right type of breakfast, you need to have the certain amount of protein to carbs and to keep your energy up. Then you want to have a snack on the course and not just any snack. You want to have a a snack that um, sustains your energy until you go and finish the round. And then after the round, the meal is important because now you have to replenish all those liquids and nutrients that you lost during the round. So what you eat afterwards is just as important. You don't want to, like, you know, scarf down bar food afterwards. You want to make sure you, you're getting protein to build your muscles back up that were torn apart because you're out there for four to five hours. So um, right. the, the type of nutrition and the timing of your nutrition is really important. And most people probably know the things that they're supposed to eat, there's no, like, magic formula, you, you know, protein and good carbohydrates, which include fruits and vegetables, stay away from those high-carb, uh, you know, processed foods things. Those are, right. are bad. Um, you want to stay away from alcohol as much as possible. That's super dehydrating. Um, you know, I know one cocktail afterwards, it's okay because I'll do that, but uh, you don't want to, <laughs> like, fill up. But um, so most people know what to do. It's just a matter of like discipline and actually doing them. Yeah, and and that's so true. I mean, you know, I think for a lot of people, it's it's just a matter. I mean, they do know what to do. It's just getting ourselves in that routine and saying, okay, I need to take better care of myself. And people don't realize, you know, they think well because a lot of people always discount golf as being. Uh, you know, super athletic sport compared to others. But the truth of the matter is you get out on that golf course for four or five hours. Um, and if you haven't, you know, hydrated yourself properly, or if you haven't eaten properly uh, before and even during your round, you're going to feel it, uh, especially on the turn. So um, it's equally important, I think, to what you fuel your body with. And that, and again, like you said, it's okay, you know, after the round, if you want to have a, a celebratory a drink, that's not a problem. But if you're, you know, some of the guys do boozing it up along your way and you're playing especially here in the south where it gets pretty steamy at times uh that's not going to help your golf game overall um but uh that's some some great advice and you definitely want to check with uh, uh your doctor before you do any programs and, and especially when it comes to nutrition you want to speak to somebody that's uh well experienced in nutrition give you some good pointers that can help um cindy go ahead i want to talk about your your burn, your vision, your love of fitness. And in Nashville, when we were there, it was, I thought it was really interesting because we can all be golf pros, but then we all kind of, not all, but some of us find a different love or burn. How did you find the fitness realm and move over to that? That's a really great question, Um, Cindy. I really appreciate you answering that question. So I grew up, um, you know, I'm I'm, going to be 56. So I grew up back in like the, you know, the early 80s. And when we were playing golf, I don't know about you, Cindy, um, we didn't really work out or or anything like that. So I I hit a lot of balls. I'm not a super uh, athletic person to begin with. My my dad was a radiologist. If you know what a radiologist is, he reads x-rays all day. So he would never allow us to do any sports where we're going to break anything so I never did any like real jumping or physical (laughs) sports which is probably why I got into golf so I never really developed into an athlete and um 
So later on when I was actually trying to play golf after college, I think I was, uh, uh, you know, I wasn't very strong. I didn't hit it very far. So I looked around and I was like, oh, I better start working out. So that's really when I started working out. And that was actually during um, the early 90s when um, the aerobic craze was was kind of going. And, and I got into that and I started teaching myself. And then I just kind of realized, wow, that you can kind of incorporate this this two stuff together. Um I worked at the David Ledbetter Golf Academy, and um, he brought on a fitness, nutrition, and a mental coach, and that really, like, turned a light bulb on for me, and so I started to develop my program. One day, I just kind of brainstormed in a room, um, cardio golf, because I wanted something to represent, like, the fitness and the golf part of my program, and I've been doing this for a long time, and it's taken me a long time to get where I have. You know, people have made fun of my program. They're like, oh, that's stupid. What is that, Zumba and golf? Um, but I've just kept plugging around because I know that it, it's important for people. And now I have people come to my cardio golf class um, because they just want to do the fitness part. They're not even golfers. They just like the fitness part. And then I have the golfers come because they know it's going to be good for their golf. So I would say, you know, my passion came out from a need that I needed myself, and then I wanted to share this with other people. So I, you know, and, and now I see how it's helping people uh, really get better, get more flexible, enjoy the game more, help prevent injury. So, you know, for me, that's really what I, I like about my program. And what I really like about my program is I get to do it at the same time. So, you know, when you're teaching golf, a lot of the times, you're just watching people hit balls. You're explaining. You might be demonstrating here or there, but you're actually not participating. For cardio golf, I have to be the demonstrator. In fact, I was telling someone the other day, I'll be, you know, teaching the class, and if I actually stop moving, stop demonstrating the exercise, some people stop too because they're like, oh, well, she's stopping. I'm going to stop too. And so <laughs> you got to keep moving the whole time to, to show people. So that's uh, another reason that I like the, the program as well for me because I get to do it with with them and you know it's helping me that's awesome i think that <laughs> that's probably the case with most of us when we find something that's missing in ourselves and we seek it and search it and learn it and do it and then we figure out well we're not the only ones that are screwed up and we all need you know the same thing <laughs> so but but again it takes years to perfect it and now tell us about, aren't you certifying people all over the country? Yeah, thanks for asking that. Yes, I have a certification program. Um, it started in person, but then, of course, uh, this was in 2019. That was shut down. So I have it all online. So if you're a golf or a fitness professional, I have two tracks. You can go through my certification product, uh, process online, and then um, I will help you learn how to teach cardio golf and then you can get my products, and I'll help you with the marketing, and I'll also help you um, create workouts for your students so you can teach your uh, your cardio golf class at your facility. That's awesome. Very. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I, we I, have, yeah, I think we had a young lady just, that was on earlier um, that uh, was one of your, your students. Yes. Thank you. I knew it would come yeah, to you. Oh, yeah. I wish I had 100, Marissa. She's she's amazing. Um, yes. And, again, she started cardio golf the same way. She wanted to get in shape for herself, and she liked it so much, and she's been taking it to a different level. 
Now you were going to say something, Karen. Sorry before I before I jumped in. Um, um, and I've always tried to have cardio golf not just really be about myself. Uh, you know, my vision one day, uh, Cindy, if you really want to know, is to be like a Peloton and have like different cardio golf instructors have their own program. So you click on cardio golf right now, and I have a few different instructors. My my husband Dan Jansen, um, he's a certified personal trainer, uh, an Olympian. He has um, some. Uh, videos that you can do. I have a couple other personal trainers. So you could go on cardio golf and, you know, I want to do Cindy Miller's workout today, or, you know, I want to do Karen's workout. And that would really be my vision if you, if, you know, if, if in the perfect world or if I could have my dream come true, that's really what I want to do. That's great. Perfect. Wow. Now you, you have an online studio uh, uh, subscription model. I'm looking at it here now. So uh, one of the nice things about that is people can actually do it at home. They don't necessarily have to go to uh, a location to do it. If they want, they can do it right within their own home, correct? Tell us about that. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So um, you can also do a free trial subscription. Just go on there and you can sign up and you can browse and do all the workouts. So I have uh, different collections. And what I've, um, what I've done is I've streamlined it where I have a weekly workout plan. So if you don't know what to do, Click on Monday, and I have a pre-round warm-up routine. I have a workout and a post-round stretch every day, so you you know um, you're getting the right amount of work. So, you know, one day might focus on more strength. The next day might focus more on endurance and stretching. So you have a week's worth of, of programs, or you can just go and randomly pick a, you know, a cardio workout or a strength workout. Very good. And, and, you know, I think it's important because, you know, again, you mentioned earlier, a lot of people may not have or claim they don't have the time. And that's one of the biggest pushbacks we, we get, even with golf instruction. You know, everybody says, well, I don't have time to come to the range and spend, you know, 30 minutes to an hour and doing this and doing that. So they're always looking for an excuse. So now you provide uh, another option so they don't have that excuse. So there's no excuse. They don't have to leave their home. They can do it there with the shorty club, with the slope, and, and uh, you know, they don't need a lot of room uh, to be able to do a lot of the movements and so forth, so it's not like they, they can't do it right within their own home or out in the backyard or what have you. Uh, I think that's fantastic. Right. Yeah, you nailed it. That's exactly what I try to express to people, yes. Well, and, and I think it's important because, again, it's, a, it's an ever-changing world. We, you know, we're always you know, trying to improve and trying to get better at whatever it is that we do. And I think if, if something can help us make the process or simplify the process for us, that doesn't mean we're not going to have to do some work uh, to see the results. But if we can find a way to make it a little bit easier to um, get to the programs, find out what we need to do, and then just do them, uh, I think that just makes it easier. So, um Great job. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's a great uh, a great program that you've put together. You've got some great products as well. And uh, if people want to get more information, they can go to cardiogolf.com. That's cardio c a r d i o golf.com, and all of the information that we've talked about here this morning is there. Um, well, Karen, we want to thank you for joining us this morning, and um, keep up the great work. And we will definitely have you keep coming back. Um, as uh, more information comes in. And if people want to go on, you have an online store if they want to purchase any, any of the products in time for uh, the holidays or still some time left, uh, they can do that right from your website, right? Yes, they have the, the shop. And um, if you want to get it before Christmas, you need to probably order within the next couple of days just because everyone knows the shipping right. this year is crazy. Uh, 
But if you want to get it after Christmas, uh, we would love to. We're going to have a lot of um, nice programs, you know, for the, uh, for the new year. But, um, yes, anything at cardiogolf.com. Perfect. Well, Karen, thanks again for joining us, and uh, much um, happiness this season. Have a great holiday, and get out there and, and uh, show those two young guys uh, how, to, how to really play golf and, uh, and uh, just have a lot of fun this season. Thanks, Ted and Cindy. I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Happy holidays. Yeah, you too. Happy holidays. All right, I am back. I don't know what happened there, but I got knocked out. Cindy, you still with me? I'm still with you. <laughs> it never fails. It never fails. Obviously, it I'm must like, be time wow, to go. Wow, that's an abrupt end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, hey, I got to do some last-minute Christmas shopping. Um, no, I, my apologies to the listeners out there. For some reason, it uh, it knocked me out. Um, I had a little difficulty signing back in. But um, we want to thank everybody. We really appreciate, as as Cindy had mentioned, you know, all of the guests that we've had this year and. And uh, Cindy, always appreciate you and, and uh, glad you were able to come back on for the last show. We've got, uh, we're going to be setting up, we're going to be taking a, a, an extended break, obviously through the holidays and the month of January. We'll be back on air. Uh, February 8th will be the first Tuesday that we're going to be back on air. So we'll have plenty of time to get some uh, new and interesting guests uh, for the new year. We hope you'll come back and join us. And for those of you that are uh, maybe just tuned in uh, for the first time and maybe you're just starting to follow the show. If you go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf uh, and you scroll down the page to the on-demand section, you'll see all of the previously aired shows in their entirety. You can go back and listen to some of the archives there uh, just to get a little familiar with some of the guests that we've had on. And of course, uh, uh, Cindy and, and yours truly um, will be able to uh, uh, walk you through the process, if you will, uh, of uh, how to be, become a better player, how to become a better golfer. And some of the guests that we've had, uh, hopefully you'll learn something from them as well. And um, Cindy, um, very quickly, we've just got a minute or two left, but I know you've been off for a couple of weeks. You were playing, I believe, in the LPGA National Championship. Is that correct? The LPGA Team Championship, yes, a with five Machinists. We finished 12th. We didn't do too well in the alternate shot version. Yep. But... We finished under par, and we made some money, so that's better than a sharp stick in the eye. (laughs) (laughs) And that was in Arizona, right, I believe? It was. It was. And we had fun. Yeah. um, Mike Nichols was on last week, and he mentioned, uh, I think at that time you were actually tied, I believe, or in fifth spot or something like that. So um, definitely you you guys played well and and, uh, had an overall uh, good event. And uh, I think it's uh, I think that was fantastic. So any anything coming up for the holidays? Any exciting news to share, or what's what's happening for the holidays for Cindy? Well, Kelly and Ben are coming up tomorrow or Thursday, and we get to see the kids from Orlando. And then mm-hmm. we're going to do boot camp. And I oh, I'm going to get the Nancy Lopez Award on January 27th wow. at the PGA Merchandise Show. So if you're there, you should come to the awards ceremony. And we've got boot camps January, February, March, and April. So if anybody's interested, email Cindy at cindymillergolf.com and sign up for boot camp if you really want to get better. I And, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, very, very successful program. Cindy, I know you, you and Alan, uh, your husband Alan, do a great job. So um, I'm going to be having a little a little bit of a, well, I won't say quiet Christmas because I got the grandkids coming and there's four of them. So I know that's going to be interesting in itself and they're all under 10. Uh, 
Um, but uh, so we're going to be doing that <laughs> through Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> they're coming actually this weekend for an early uh, Christmas with uh, some of the family. And then we're going to go up to where they live in Chattanooga on Christmas Eve and uh, Christmas Day and spend a little more personal time with them. So I get get a twofer, if you will, um, with the with the grandkids. <laughs> so that's <laughs> so that's always uh, a wild and crazy time. But they're up in Chattanooga. Uh, Tennessee, so hopefully uh, it'll stay warm a little bit because it can get a little nippy, and I'm not uh, I'm not climatized to the cold weather anymore. I've been living in Florida too long, so but it's going to be fun, and uh, looking forward to it. And then I got a couple of weddings to go to, not mine, uh, in January, so uh, that'll be interesting as well. But uh, we hope everybody has a great holiday season, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, all of that good stuff. And we really appreciate you tuning in uh, to the show. Uh, each and every week. And again, thank you to all of our guests. And we're going to be bringing some more great guests, as I said, next year. We're going to have some uh, new winners uh, from the Symmetra Tour are going to be joining us and uh, some others from the LPJ organization as well are going to be joining us throughout the season. And others that help to elevate women's golf are going to be joining us right here on the Women of Golf. So God bless everybody. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas sending to you, Alan, and uh, the rest of the Miller clan. Uh, have a great holiday season, and I will talk to you next year. Thanks, honey. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf's Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash womenofgolf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.